Hey, Clark. Hey, John. Hey, have you ever uh, listened to a podcast or a radio and think to yourself, wow, these guys are idiots. I know more than they do. Actually thinking that right now. <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? Nothing. So where were you going with that? Oh, right. Um, anyways, uh, now is your opportunity to show your knowledge by guesting on the podcast, This is Getting Old. Well, that is pretty awesome, man. So how would someone let us know um, that they're interested? Well, simply by going to our website at gettingoldpod.com or emailing us at gettingoldpod at gmail.com. Well, you just said it, but let me remind the folks, we do have a website, gettingoldpod.com. That's right, where you can contact us, find all our previous episodes, and uh, get to know a little bit about us. Now, Clark, what were you saying earlier about uh, people being idiots? I was only saying, let's get on with the show! <laughs> Just human, and I'm getting old, oh, oh. Welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Old. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, I could not do this without my co-host, Clark. Clark, how we doing tonight, sir? I'm trying to say that differently every time, so it's not redundant, you know? No, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm doing fine, it's, um... I've been a little under the weather. I just keep coughing. I don't feel bad, but I'm just, you know, it's just, I'm getting through it, and um, that's that's pretty much me. What about you? That's just living with children. That's yeah. how it's always going to be. Uh, myself, not too bad. I actually, you know, got to rest a little bit today. Did a ton of grocery shopping. Like, absolutely a ton of grocery shopping. So let me ask you something real quick. If you could name three Nintendo games right now that you would want to, from the past or now or coming up in the future, that you want your kid to play? What, what would it be? Zelda, for sure. Okay. Um, Amelia watched me when I first got Breath of the Wild, and she watched me spend you know 250 hours or so on it. And um, I mean, she was running around playing Zelda for, for a while. <laughs> wow. She was Link, she was Zelda, she was that. So Zelda, so yeah, so Zelda for sure. Um, I would like, and so it's got to be. You saying it's got to be Nintendo? Uh, yes, and I want. I want to hear Nintendo. Just Nintendo. Okay, let's go Pokemon. Okay, nail it. Pokemon. Part of that is I. I really like Pokemon, but I wasn't. I may have explained this on another podcast, but I wasn't into it a whole lot. Like it was. I feel like I aged out right before. Like, but I really liked it. It was always fun, and I like it now. Um, so Pokemon. That's number number two, and. Um, you know, I'm just huge into Splatoon right now, so it'd be really cool if, you know, Amelia would get into get into that also. Yeah, but, that'd um, be pretty cool. Yeah, what about you? Uh, for myself, I'm immediately going to have to jump on Pokemon. I mean, growing up with it, and even now, it's way more user-friendly, especially for a newcomer. How they just kind of, especially with the new Sun and Moon game that came out about two years ago, it the first three hours of that game just held your hand so much. I'm like, you know, this could be much easier for a younger person to get into. Yeah. Um, two, I'm going to have to go... My favorite Mario Party is Mario Party 2 for the N64. Like, okay. Like, we played it. 
hours of that. The new game here, I'm sure you remember when you play Mario Party, um, you can do different how many rounds you play. Um, 20 is the cap on the new game. I remember 50 being the cap yeah, on right. Mario Party 2, so you could just play for hours on just one game. And then for the third one, you know what? I understand it's dated now, but I'm going to go with Wii Sports. Wii Sports. There we go. Wouldn't that, didn't that break records at one point? It's like the highest grossing game of all time. I, I, I'm not sure because we got ours with the console itself, but I remember being, just being able to play it. I mean, I know the, the you know, the accuracy of the Wii remotes wasn't fantastic. Right. But just being able to bowl, just being able to play baseball, just the little things like that. The golf. I loved, I played more golf on that than I played on any other video game yeah. ever. Sorry, Tiger Woods golf. I did not play that much. Tiger Woods golf. And that, this is kind of an off topic, but we played so much in college. Like, that's like what we played. Um, <laughs> yeah. And one of my friends had an Xbox, which, again, like Xbox is my least favorite, but... Um, we played so much Tiger Woods, man. You brought that, so a lot of a lot of memories just came flooding back. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm glad you uh, glad you could have a nice nostalgic moment there. There we go. Well, I guess that'll lead us into the discussion tonight. Excited. So today we are going to be talking about the WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. Wait, did they have an F or something? Well, you're right. They once did have an F. Actually, back in the '70s, they had the F. But in 2002, they had been, uh, for a couple, uh, probably about a year or so, they had been dealing with a lawsuit from the World Wildlife Foundation. And finally, uh, it kind of caved in on them, and they had to make a decision. So they decided to alter their name to emphasize the new direction they wanted to go with the company. And that's enforcing their entertainment standpoint. Do you remember their um, their marketing campaign around you know removing the F? Uh, no. Do you uh, do you remember it? And it may have been short lived, and I may have dreamt this. So some you know listener may correct me, but I feel like there was some commercials where they were um, like WWE get the F out. <laughs> like the F, get the F. So I feel like I remember that, but I, I didn't look this up or anything, so correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, please. No, that's funny. I like that, especially during that era, when you're just coming off the Attitude Era into the, uh, oh, I, what was that era called? The next one, right after, right after Attitude, like the Takeover or the... Um, well, you had the Invasion. Invasion, maybe. Yeah, you had the Invasion storyline with WCW and ECW coming after that. Oh, I don't remember. I guess, I know I'm going to get... I'm, some people are absolutely in love with this, are screaming at me right now, telling me what it actually is. They're jumping up and down, they're like, what? But guess what? That right there is a little in incentive to email us and uh, let us know what it is. And hey, I, I personally get things wrong on purpose to see if you'll email us. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or maybe not. Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> well, again, for uh, the year 2002, you know, they changed their name from the WWE, uh, the WWF to the WWE, and like I said, it helped branch out their idea of expanding their entertainment value, and that actually brought along the show Tough Enough to you know bring in some new talent and new recruits to maybe hopefully move through their system and bring them into the WWE. It's like a reality-based TV show, 
I mean, now today they have channels on the E channel of just total divas, which is all the, you know, some of the female members of the WWE. Uh, you know, stuff like that. They've obviously branched out since 2002, and that's focusing on the entertainment aspect, not just wrestling in general. Let me actually kind of back up for a second. When did, do you know when, um, when, uh, when Vince purchased or, or I guess acquired um, ECW? It had to be around 2002. So, so right? it was actually the official purchase, I believe, was mid-2003. Because ECW okay. actually filed for bankruptcy in 2001. And that's actually without me reading that. I read yeah, it before. Right. But I actually remember that because I watched a documentary uh, about the rise and fall of ECW. Okay. Because during that time, um, Paul Heyman, the guy who ran... ECW, I'm sorry, kind of into the ground, but at the same time, it's not mm -hmm. his fault. He just didn't have the money. I mean, he was not taking money or not taking any paychecks just so that his own guys could try and make some money. And he was actually on the side also working with WWE talent and actually broadcasting for them. Yeah, he's one of, he's probably will go down as one of the brightest um, um, wrestling minds to ever live. Yes, he is. I mean, he's Easily on screen, one of the greatest talents, and that's just for the words that he speaks. Well, I mean, he is Brock Lesnar, right? I mean, Brock Lesnar can't speak, so he needs someone. Exactly. So, I guess, do you remember watching during the two thousand two or you know early two thousands era of the WWE? This was actually, and this is, you know, ho hopefully you're not mad at me for this, but this was actually when I started probably tuning out a little bit because um, early 2000s when I graduated high school and it was, um, I was working slash going to college, like I just didn't catch it. Um, it had nothing to do with not enjoying it. I still, you know, still enjoy the product, but I just, it wasn't, um, like it started, I don't know, I just, I just didn't have time for it. Yeah, I get that. Were you at least around to see the beginning of... SmackDown and Raw. Because Raw had always existed. That was their brand show. But do you remember the birth of SmackDown? I do, I do. And because it was that, you know, that, it was, it was, I mean, I know maybe it wasn't exactly, but it's the, it was the Rock show, right? Pretty, I mean, when I think of SmackDown, I think of three names. I think of The Rock, I think of The Undertaker, and Edge. Those are my three names that pop up every time I think of SmackDown. And so, and just real quick, Edge is your favorite of all time, right? Yeah, absolutely my favorite of all time. Okay. I just wanted, wanted the, you know, the listeners to, to know that. <laughs> yeah, so if you hear any favoritism, that's just because Adam Copeland is his real name. Edge is absolutely... There was something about growing up watching him in WWF as the, just a tag team guy and then breaking out and being able to do his own thing, wrestle with guys like... Uh, Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero right. just to see him grow through that time period and then finally in say I think it was 2004 2005 when he became the rated R superstar and finally took the money in the bank and cashed in and finally won his first major championship just you know that's me man crushing over edge it's fine yeah it's fine it's fine no, <laughs> nothing to see here well, as I said, 2002 was actually the birth of SmackDown, and that was right around the time as well as the first time they attempted the WWE draft. Do you remember the draft? 
I do remember the draft. So, I, I may not remember the very first one, <clears throat> but I remember I remember several of them, and there were some crazy things like um, folks would get like drafted to one, and it's like, oh no! Then like, later, like they just randomly got picked to be drafted back to the original one they were on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know so things like that always happen. Yeah, I remember um, the original draft. It's kind of funny because it was following up the invasion storyline from WCW after McMahon purchased WCW. And it was kind of funny because uh, Vince McMahon decided, I'm going to take over SmackDown. We're going to bring this you know, up to the standards of Raw. While they gave Raw to none other than Woo! The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. All right. I'm sorry. I'm getting really hyped. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but it's kind of cool because when they did the split, I can't believe. Yes, they had the talent. They absolutely bled raw dry. Yeah. So the 2002 technically was the WWF still because they didn't change their name until I think April of that year. While the draft was in March, and that was and it was it uh, originally SmackDown was on Thursday night. Is that correct? Correct. On um, the UPN network. Was it UPN? I'm not 100 percent sure. I remember uh, right around this time, or not maybe a little bit before it, they had actually uh, Raw had actually left USA Network and gone to TNN. Right. Um, yeah. So here we go. So for the first couple picks, you had. Just on Raw, you had The Undertaker, Mark Calloway, but he, at the time he was known as The American Badass. The American Undertaker. Badass, I remember that. Um, you had The NWO, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, and Scott Hall, but at this time this was not in good shape and not in the right mental mindset of Scott Hall. What's wrong with him? Uh, he was a raging alcoholic who uh, <laughs> just let himself go. He was he not in a good place. Kind of seemed like a raging alcoholic. Um, you also had Kane, Rob Van Dam, Booker T, uh, Big Show. Which I mean, as much as I love Big Show, they nev- I don't think they've ever ever used him properly. No, I mean the big slow. <laughs> well, if you have a guy like that, you shouldn't air him every week. He should be. Kind of like, I know it's different from the actual Andre the Giant, but he should be an event that you go to a pay-per-view and hope you get to see the big show. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, yeah. Um, you also had Bubba Ray Dudley, Brock Lesnar, uh, Lita. I believe you had Matt Hardy. JBL, which was no longer part of the APA JBL, I don't think. Right, right. Uh, Spike Dudley. I mean, by then you just see the names kind of dwindling pretty fast. But on SmackDown, you had The Rock, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Hulk Hogan, Billy Gunn, and Chuck Palumbo when they were Billy and Chuck. You know, the uh, (laughs) maybe gay, definitely gay tag team. Yes. Uh, you had a young Edge, Rikishi, Devon Dudley, Mark Henry, Maven, Billy Kidman, and then you actually were able to uh, bring in uh, Triple H because at the time he was also dealing with his injuries. Maven was the um, wasn't that the first winner of the the Tough Enough. He was. 
And, and uh, I gotta tell you, Maven sucked. Yeah, did he? He was awful. Oh my gosh. Because I remember the the biggest thing I remember from Maven was I think it was the year that they had Evolution and they all turned on Randy Orton and then Survivor Series that year, you know, you had Evolution take his team and then on Randy Orton's team he like I think one of his main contributors was Maven and he got hurt so he couldn't attend and I'm like you Maven. <laughs> You're so mad right now. <laughs> I loved that Randy Orton, but at the t I mean, that's me at that time, like not truly appreciating how much I loved heel Randy Orton. Yeah. So was that when about this time? Is that when JBL? Because again, he got a heavy push at one point. I know that was the years that I wasn't watching. Uh, yeah. I I don't think it was at that time yet. I don't think he okay. got the push until oh three oh four. So Cena was around when he got the push. Yes, because okay. um, once they brought, once they realized, um, holy crap! I absolutely decimated Raw, and only person there right now is Undertaker. Uh, and at the time, also, if you look at it, they had all their top guys were heels, because you had Triple H as a heel, you had Undertaker as a heel, you had The Rock as a heel, you had a hurt. Kurt Angle as a heel. You had a hurt Stone Cold Steve Austin as a heel. And I'm like, holy crap, who was your top guys? NWO? In 2002? I don't think so. Hmm. So I think that's what they realized they were kind of almost screwing themselves. And they were able to bring guys back. I mean, The Rock still remained on SmackDown because The Rock is the people's champ and he is SmackDown. And he'll lay it to SmackDown. Absolutely right, but then once you brought Undertaker also to SmackDown, it was that was his home. You kind of bring, uh, I when I see guys like Stone Cold and I see guys like uh, Triple H, I see them as Raw guys. I've always seen them as Raw guys. Yeah, same. So I guess from that point, you know, it took a couple years, and. You could tell a lot of people were getting hurt. A lot of guys were no longer at their top peak anymore. You were losing a lot of guys. And in came some young talent like Randy Orton, Dave Batista, a.k.a. Just Batista, and John Cena. Right. And uh, pretty much it's good and bad because I think out of all of them that was the most ready it was Randy Orton, but I don't think he was accepted by the fans enough. Uh. And then you had Batista, who was very fresh. I mean, he was in his 30s when he even started wrestling. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew he looked older, but I, couldn't, yeah. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, because he was a, like a bouncer at like nightclubs for years before he actually came in to actually wrestle. I mean, now he's enjoying some, um, some Marvel success. Yes, he is. As Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> if you're listening, Dave Batista, we'd love to have you on. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> I love Batista. <laughs> but and then also at the time you had John Cena, who I don't think started wrestling until maybe 2001. See that here, here's where I here's where I remember. I, um, John Cena was 
you know, he came in, he had a match against um, Kurt Angle where he, like, took him to the almost beat him. Yep. And, and that, so I was like, okay, this guy's, you know, whatever. And then, like, flash forward, like, five or six years for me, and then he's, like, on top, like, the very, he's the guy. I think and, that's um, the problem, yeah. He was got it. Like, we can go back, I mean, go, we can go back and talk about this, but that's just, I was like, what? Why would they, you know, it, it whole, his whole gimmick had changed. Yeah. Uh... But you know what? Let's spin off of this because, uh, because of the John Cena becoming that hated guy all of a sudden. Because it's not so much that they, they change his character; they change people's characters all the time. You, you just get used to that. It's the fact that when they brought him to Raw to now headline the main show of the company. That say what you want. I love SmackDown more than I like Raw. However, when they brought him over to Raw. That was their main show, but there was nobody there at the time, and the plan was for the f- next year for him to face Triple H. So they want to keep him away from Triple H as much as possible. I get that. So the people you had going against was Chris Jericho as he's almost walking out the door. You had a Kurt Angle who, let's be fair, he was popping pills at this time. Was he? Oh yeah, he was very under the influence popping Norcos. Talking about like like as he's performing. Oh yeah. Oh my word! I Which know that. goes to that, sh- it must be it's probably common knowledge. I just don't know. Yes, it's it's very common knowledge. Now he's okay. actually did a. Uh, if you go on the WWE Network, uh, there is a I think they're called like WWE Twenty Fours or something like that, and it's a nice special that they have. And he talks about how he was just in a bad place at the time. He was in a bad shape, and. He, with all the neck injuries that he had sustained doing with through this company and everything like that, and as well as his college and amateur career of wrestling, I mean yeah. it's it's insane that he was able able to even able to be as good as he was at that time. Well, the good news is I actually I don't know if I told you this yet, but I actually paid ninety nine cents for three months of the network. So I'm gonna go back and watch all the shit, all the stuff that you. I told me you gotta watch this. You gotta you gotta see this. You gotta do that. Um, I'm gonna spend some time doing it. It's it's worth it, dude. There's there's days where um, I mean I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, my wife Sam uh, is really into wrestling now. More the women stuff. I'm not gonna lie. It's more the women stuff. But there's the app. I love that Just app. Um, but there is sometimes where. AJ Styles walks out and she'll sit there and watch the entire AJ Styles match because she appreciates what he does in the ring and how he sells everything, the pain, the agony, everything. The way he just is himself in the ring. So there's sometimes where I'll just put on an episode of talking about the Hardy Boys and how they went through their life, they left the company, they went through their issues that they went through and then came back. She watched some of that stuff and asked me questions while I was watching the episode, and I love that. So there's so much about that app. They give you so many old pay-per-views to watch. They give you so many sweet documentaries that gives, puts you into the life of some of these wrestlers. I really love that app. I have a theory, though, about ma- married men whose women get into wrestling. <laughs> I, think, I think they're like, wait a minute, so my husband's going to really let me watch these guys, these half-naked guys running around? <laughs> But you, you did say, in all fairness, that she watches the women's more. Yeah. Her um, her favorite um, wrestler right now, and I guess I should say superstar, because what, I'll say this, with the 
with in Vince McMahon's mind, you are a superstar because you are an entertainer. You are not okay. a wrestler. Um, her favorite superstar is Alexa Bliss. Miss Bliss, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's good. She's really good. I, for me, I'd say right now, especially the heel version, um, Becky Lynch. I love heel version Becky Lynch. I liked Becky Lynch as a face. I totally did, but they just never pushed her, and it drove me nuts. But now that I, I again, I'm into heels. I, I love the heel uh, in wrestlers. That's why I think Edge was always my guy. I think him as a heel was just amazing. I think it's funny that you said I'm so into heels, yeah. and then you said um, in wrestling. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> have a, the the, in the wrestling. listeners are thinking like he just tries on high heels. That's yeah, that's what I was afraid of when the I said it out loud. Kind of guy. <laughs> but no I think I mean I guess I sh- can't believe I'm saying this so late into the uh, recording but uh, in wrestling you have a heel and you have a baby face those are your two things now there are guys who tread the line Randy Orton for the last two years has been the guy who has treaded that line who has done stuff that I'm like there's no way a face would ever do that. But at the same time, he's cheered crazily by the crowd. But then there's, now he's full-on he's full crazy heel. And it's actually insane to see what he's doing out there. Randy Orton is better as a heel. Yes. And Much for better. anybody that's truly interested to see what I mean by him as a heel right now, if you look at 2018's Hell in a Cell, the very first match of the pay-per-view is... Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, and what he does in that match, there is no coming back and becoming a babyface for it. For the one this year? Yes. Okay. Writing this down, I'm putting it in my notes. I'm going to go watch it. Honestly, you could actually not... There are a couple good matches on that match, or on that that list. Uh, The AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe one is really good, but honestly, if you were only to be able to watch one match... I would say that match. Okay, and so you don't want to tease what that is now. Just let me go watch it, and then we can talk about it later. Yeah, seriously, go watch okay. it. Guy, there's so much about that. I'm like, holy crap! There's no coming back and becoming a babyface anymore after this. I hope. See, what I'm thinking is we have some listeners who are like, I know, right? <laughs> for you, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm naive. To it's it right it's now. so good, but I guess. Let me jump back into like at least the 2005 era because that's when John Cena was becoming who he was and you know becoming now the unstoppable force John Cena. And actually, let me spin this off into right now. Do you know how many guys who have cleanly and cleanly means pinned one, two, three, no disqualifications, no uh, holds barred, nothing, anything like that, no interferences. Clean one, two, three. How many uh, people have pinned John Cena in his career? I'm get okay. So I know he's lost plenty of times. Oh yeah. Especially recently because he is that you know that veteran who's pushing some of the younger talent. But um, mm-hmm. you're saying pinned specifically. I feel like you're emphasizing that. So uh, it's got to be a lot lower than I think. I mean, I'd say hundred. I mean, it's interesting because, uh, let me say that, because um, he is a 16-time world champ. He's tied with Ric Flair for the most title reigns. Um, So he's at least lost the title 
16 times. <laughs> right. So he's lost 16 times. And you think 100, and that's interesting, because it's 14. What? Only 14 wrestlers have ever pinned him clean in his career. That is nuts. <laughs> almost stupid. I wonder if that's in his, his contract from years ago. It's like, I can only be pinned 15 times ever. Well, that was so. the that was a theory for many years that he was burying a lot of talent because you know he's the guy, he's the guy that Vince wants to push, and if he doesn't like somebody, he's going to make sure that person gets buried and doesn't come back. And that was well, the theory. Do that? Well, I don't, I, I cannot accept that as a true fact or not. I know one of the guys that I enjoyed watching at the time uh, claims that clearly. He he points directly that that is a true fact, and he basically was pushed under and then released afterwards. Who was that? Um, his name was Kenny Dykstra. R- Kenny Dykstra? Yes. Is he the guy that was in the Spirit Squad or whatever? Yes, with, he, um, was, he was one of the five members of the Spirit Squad with... Uh, oh boy, uh, what's his name? He's, he's active now, what's his name? Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler and yeah. I think, also right now active, Mojo Rowley was a part of that group. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> See, I was around. I was around then. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. It's, fu- it's funny to think about how like, God, because they were like, they were like, they were heels, um, but they were. But it was like you can't really. I mean, you didn't. You didn't. You couldn't really like get really mad at them because they mm-hmm. were cheerleaders, right? I mean, I don't know. It's super weird. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I they're my favorite kind of heels because they were bad tag team. But there was five of them, so they're harder to win cleanly against because there's always someone that's going to interfere. I think there's something fun about a group like that. That's kind of like the whole um, the whole Bella's stick, right? For their whole existence. Oh my god! Did one would roll out, the other, other would roll in and be fresh. And that's. And the, I mean, that how many times did that happen? Oh my god! So it's really funny because when Bella started, they did not come out as twins. They just came out as one of the Bellas. And what would happen is the match would start, and that person would be you know beat up, they'd be tired, and they'd s- escape the ring, roll underneath, and then the other twin would come out of the other side of the ring, and then she'd come in fresh, ready to go, and they never ever, for like a couple months, like would acknowledge that there was another one. But you could, there was there was definitely you know references that you could tell it was not the same person and then when they finally dragged the other one out and then like say Nikki was trying to uh, escape underneath the ring and all of a sudden Brie comes out and they pull Nikki out that's when you're like oh my gosh there's two of them (laughs) I mean if if, if you're leaving under the ring and then coming back out something's happening (laughs) why'd you you go under the ring I don't know well that's actually uh, one of my favorite things that Edge ever did was he hid underneath the ring for an entire pay-per-view. I think it was Survivor Series. Yeah, I think it was Survivor Series uh, Batista versus Undertaker in a Hell in the Cell. And, like, he, they wanted to make sure no fans saw him. They even wanted to make sure some people in the back didn't see him. So what they did is they snuck him in beforehand about an hour or so before the show. They put him underneath the ring and he was with there with a production guy in a small TV that they could just watch. And that's where he would get his cue. And he sat under that ring for at least four or five hours while that show was going <laughs> on. 
It, there's not a lot of space under that ring, guys. I wonder if he wore a diaper. Oh my god! And then, and I don't. Like, he accused about to come up, and he just like wads it up and changes himself. There are rumors of guys like I think John Cena's one that said it, uh, who said it was one of those days he felt like utter garbage, and he was during a match, and he just escaped, went underneath the ring, went to the bathroom, and then came back out and finished the match. <laughs> that's that's a theory that I, or so, someone has said that rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm like, whew, that is. I hope that's the last match of the night. <laughs> yeah, right. It depends what if it's, if it's a number two, it'll get funky. I think it was a number two. If it's a number one, then it just you know. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so he was under that ring the whole night, and then when he finally came out during the Undertaker Batista match and spoiled it, and then. Fit, uh, had I think Batista pin Undertaker. I was like, oh my god, I love Edge so much. The fact that you hit under there the entire time, it's insane oh, man, to me. Dedication. I mean, because there's plenty of he could have came out of the crowd. Or, I mean, there's things he could have done. Mm-hmm. But no, that that's a dedication to, you know, above and beyond for sure. So, when did you come back into wrestling like full time? Honestly, full, full time. I came back to, to and watched some a couple years before, like on off, but full time I came back during the John Cena Rock feud. Okay, so, so that was old, 2011, I think? 2012? I think that, um, let's see, when was when was WrestleMania um, in Atlanta? Because The Rock, like, hosted that yeah. one. Let me look so that up. was actually when I came back, was when The Rock returned. Because The Rock was in my top, you know, two or three for sure. It was 27? 2007? Oh, it was, it was WrestleMania 27. They, they oh, still WrestleMania. U- that's when they still were using Roman numerals. They actually stopped doing that recently. I think they, was it 30 where they just they went ahead and just put 30? Yes. Because okay. what's the rumor for that? Do you know? The rumor for 30? Yeah. No, what? Um, well, what's the Roman numeral for 10? A 10 is an X. And what's three X's? Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. So I think that's when they changed it to 30, and they've stuck with that since. Ah. Uh, very wise. Someone there putting that up, they're like, someone someone smart was like, you know what? We probably need to reconsider yeah, this one. Because I don't know if you know about this, but there is a female Iron Man character in the comics right now and when they leaked what her name was going to be it's Ironheart and you're like okay that's that's cute I mean whatever then you found out that there is a porn made porn parody made of Iron Man called Ironheart so that so the parody was already made before they came up with the name correct for the, oh yeah gotcha yeah that one should have been googled beforehand yeah but uh, okay so that was 2011 April third, twenty eleven. So twenty eleven would be when I started when I I came back because okay, um, you know, being in Atlanta and, and me being like, you know what, I'm I'm pretty much an adult now and I've never seen a live show. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to WrestleMania. And so I went to WrestleMania. And of course, it was the Miz was the champion, and it was that 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 main event was kind of glad, but um, I know Triple H and yeah. the Undertaker was a big one. It was the, mean, their first their first. The second WrestleMania, maybe. You had the first ba- second. You had the Battle Royal, which great Kali won. So who cares? 
Yeah, right. You also had Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan for in a lumberjack match, which for people that don't know, it's just other members of uh, the roster basically surrounding the ring, and they might be able to beat up the person or throw them back in the ring. That's a lumberjack match, and that was for the WWE Championship. Yeah. Or the United States Championship, I'm sorry. Yes, Sam? You also had Edge with Christian versus Alberto Del Rio, which, for people don't know, it's actually Edge's very last match in the but WWE. I got to see Edge's very last match. So yeah, that's... Boom. I, I watched the Raw after, and I, I'm not going to lie, I cried. Okay, shouldn't have said that. I don't <laughs> you also had Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. You had... Uh, what the hell is this match? Eight-man tag team? I'm not even going to mention that. And it was only a minute 32, so who cares? Uh, you had Randy Orton versus CM Punk, just a singles match. Uh, Michael Cole with Jack Swagger defeated Jerry Lawler by disqualification. Yeah, that was... That's what what the that hell? Big, I don't even that remember that. That big booth that he sat in, that big, like, plexiglass, like, square booth that he sat in yeah. beside the announcer's table. Yes. It was terrible. <laughs> That's awful. Um, you also had... The No Holds Barred Undertaker vs. Triple H submission, uh, or submission match, or he won by submission match. Yes. Uh, you had the six-person mixed tag team championship tag team match where you had... Again, I just don't care. If it's mixed tags, I also don't care if it's multi-person. I want tag team titles on the line. But listen, so so WWE was like, you know what, who should we get to draw people in? <laughs> like, who, like, who is very rele- relevant right now? And I don't know if you know, but... At that point, it had probably been 10 years since that show, but they got Snooki. Oh, Snooki. was that then? Snooki was, came out and wrestled. Wow. Like, what? what if I watch it? But, but, you know, it's my first WrestleMania. Um, is, is this the worst WrestleMania? Of all time, probably. In my opinion. Because then you there. ended the night with The Miz's Championship versus John Cena. And they both, I think, got counted out to end yeah, that match. Yeah, there was no... Uh, well, he def- they defeated John Cena, but it doesn't show the stipulation. So, I mean, you were there, and I'm not, but... It was like, it was like I think it was a count out. God, th- this might be the worst WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> the only thing right. that's good about it is Edge's last match. And, well, well, and Edge beat up Alberto Del Rio's car. <laughs> yes, I remember that, yeah. He, like, dropped an elbow, like... It was, it was nuts. So, okay, besides the fact that this is, I mean, I'm not going to lie, this is a garbage card. Yeah. You were at a WrestleMania. Yes. How was that? The environment? It was a whole lot of fun. And let me tell you a little bit about Atlanta. So, Atlanta was the central for WCW. Um, That's right. I feel like I was the only one growing up who watched WWF. Because um, I talk about Stone Cold, and they're like, no, forget Stone Cold. Goldberg's where it's at. Oh. Um, so you had the Ted Turner influence yeah, pretty I mean, hard yeah, down right there. Down the road is, yeah, is WCW. So, yeah. Um, kind of to finish that, that part of the story. So people still like were in love with Ric Flair. I feel like the whole place, probably from the second I walked in, and, you know, so it was in the Georgia Dome, so it was a, an echoey, like, Someone could yell and it echoes, right? Yeah. Like where you are. And, um, I mean, it was like the woo, like over and over, everywhere. And that was when I first noticed the whole, like, um, uh, let's go, Cena, Cena sucks. Let's go. And it was like, 
I mean, it was, it was so much fun. There's so many people there, and everyone was so into it. And, and yeah. it wasn't like like on like on Raw when it goes to a commercial break or whatever. People kind of sit down. And it's like it's kind of a weird, awkward silence, you know, if you've ever been to a live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at WrestleMania, they had these like these. I think Snoop Dogg may have been there also. It's a, and he was in the back, and I don't think that ever that, that made this that made this the show that everyone saw. But they they kept you entertained. It was it was a lot of fun. That's good. I mean, that's I think the first one that I truly was able to come back and rewatch. They had um, a live performance by Pitbull, and I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? That Miami. I think it was Miami. Yeah, because it was the return of the Hardys. Okay. And that was was that the last Cena Rock? No, Maybe. that was 2013. Was the last Cena Rock oh. one. Um, the one I'm thinking about was 2016. Okay. I think. God, it sounds right. Okay. No, I'm sorry, it's 2017. So it's just last year. Just last year. So not yet. So because I was still in Virginia at the time, um, because I had gotten into it and everything, but I didn't have the network to be able to rewatch a lot of stuff. I watched a lot of stuff at uh, work on YouTube or something like that. It's when I officially got the network that I was able to be like. Holy crap, this is what I've missed, and I hit every pay-per-view over the last couple of years, and I learned everything I remembered, like, today. Um, I know that I, let's see, I, when the network came out, I was like, I'm really not paying for this unless it, I mean, I thought it was actually going to be, like, on Comcast or whatever you use for your, Yeah. I mean, I use Xfinity, and um, I, I thought it was a, a channel, like, because it's called a network, I thought it was a, ch- like, you you just pay for like like an HBO like a premium type deal and mm-hmm. uh, they, they're like it's an app you pay for an app I was like uh, no thanks <laughs> uh, but then if you look at the actual if you are into wrestling if you are if you're gonna pay for the pay-per-view anyway you're saving so much money just getting an app uh, how long was that episode, that uh, I'm sorry that that pay-per-view do you remember the which one uh, the one that you went to oh the uh, WrestleMania yes Dude, I gotta be honest. I don't. I don't remember. We got home. So we we tailgated before. Okay. Um, and then we went in, and I mean, it's probably four hours total. That's so much better than it is now. I mean, dude, we are starting at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and we are finishing at like eleven o'clock at night now. Yeah, I think that was. They, now they have like a whole like pregame show, and they have. Pre-game, they have the battle royal. They have a women's battle royal now. They have other pre-stuff like maybe the cruiserweight title that doesn't get to go on the show. Maybe a tag team match that goes on the show. And then they bring in all the feuds. They do that stuff. Then they bring in the live entertainment. Then they do the Hall of Fame stuff. And then they bring in all the big main titles and everything like that. I'm like, dude, we are like nine hours in. How are the fans here still standing? (laughs) A lot of coffee and a lot of a lot of breaks. Little they have little cots outside. You take a nap and come back in. Yeah. So I guess I guess this spins off to the question that I have for you: of who was your favorite wrestler of all time? God, I knew you were gonna ask me that. I have to. I'm, I'm sorry. Still, and, I, and I thought about it. And I thought about it, and I still can't. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna name um, the Rock is probably my favorite of all time. Okay. And but. It was it was really close because when I was a kid, I remember the um, the Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, and so I remember Shawn Michaels coming through as like 
He's this young kid. I watched him come into his own. I watched him beat Bastion Booger. I don't know if you remember that name, but he beat him. I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. And so um, and I watched him. Um, you, you're, someone's going to correct me, but during Brutus the Barber's Beefcake segment, was the, was he the one who who shoved who, who threw him through like the the, the mirror? I I don't know. I, I don't remember. Me, that's fine. Yeah. But I, Shawn Michaels was growing up was probably my favorite as as a, as a young you know as a young young man. Um, and then like Stone Cold was it the same same era as The Rock. He was Stone Cold could it could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, flip a coin is you know The Rock. I think the uh, problem for me with Stone Cold was he wasn't around a lot when I started watching. Like he, okay. I mean, as, as huge as a character he, as he was, <laughs> as huge, huge as a character as he was, and how, how like, I mean, he brought the war from WCW away from them completely and just brought yeah. it right back to the WWF at the time. But he was only around for a couple more years because of the neck issues that he was dealing with. Well, in those couple of years you're talking about was probably when I wasn't watching because or like when I stopped, you know, around college time, because um, I think I stopped right around when the whole, like, you know, Stone Cold would say a line, and it's, what? Oh, my. And, it, and then, the what? Like, that stuff wasn't happening when I was really, really loving his character. Yeah. If so you, I don't know. Here you, here's another episode for you to watch on the network. If you watch uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast on the WWE network, where he talks to Edge and Christian on the podcast... He tells you the origin of the what story, and how he thought. Oh, really? It. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird origin story. Got it written down right here. There you go. So I guess we got our favorite wrestlers out there, and I guess the final thing I have to ask you is: people always talk about the greatest of all time, the goat. I guess what I have to ask you is: I've heard this reference several times before. And I can't believe I'm asking, I'm saying this, but for people that don't know, Mount Rushmore is a large mountain with four presidents carved into their, into the face of the mountain. Now, everyone says it's the four greatest presidents of all time, but that can definitely be uh, argued. I do have a question, though, of they say it's the greatest of all time. You know what happens when you call yourself the greatest of all time? Who is your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? So, Mount Rushmore, we, we're going to get, I'm going with Flair, Hogan, Cena, Rock. Oh, Cena well, made the list. Rock and Cena. Rock and oh, Cena. Okay. I mean, that, order. You don't have to rank that. That's fine. Okay. I'm just, I mean, it's hard ranking your four greatest of all time. But listen, though, yeah. I, like, Taker was close. There, there were. Mm hmm. Several. I mean, it's it's tough, but I've been, I've thought about this before, and that's probably where I would settle for for me personally. So you what said you. So you said Hogan, Flair, Cena, and The Rock. Yes. Okay. So I think we have one in common. That's good. So the only reason why I'm taking Hogan off, as I think he was an okay wrestler, and I think he was an amazing entertainer. When he knew about how to push the company, he was, he brought the fandom. But I don't think he was this amazing wrestler. Whereas Ric Flair, there was something about him. Whether he was a, I'll say this and I'll edit the part out, chicken shit heel. 
he was the greatest. I mean, he could be the heel, he could be the face. I don't like him as a face. I, pre I appreciate him more as a heel. But him just either pushing the other performer up, uh, outplaying the other person immensely, him being one of the greatest of all time, <laughs> easily. Ric Flair is on my list. I would argue before you go um, to your next, your next. The reason that Hogan for me it wasn't even so much him being a wrestler. Um, it was, it was more so he. There, there were almost two decades where he was the guy. Oh yeah, that's a long time. That's I, why he, he had on his, he had the entire company on his back. So yeah. That's, so, I, you know. So I guess if we're saying what's on Mount Rushmore, like what, the why is it is it could be different for both of us. Oh huh? yeah, absolutely, and I cannot disagree with you. Okay, all. so you got Flair. Um, Flair. I have HBK, Shawn Michaels. Really? There oh is nobody can, that can do what he could do in the ring. That's, that's a good point. And I'm going to say, as amazing as a lot of people know him from the 2000s, as him being the clean, more Christian, re uh, revitalized, Right. you cannot disagree that drug-addled, alcoholic Shawn Michaels was not the greatest performer of all time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's funny because people say my favorite band, Dave Matthews Band. Dave was writing better songs when he was on drugs, and now that he's not, he's a family. It's like anyway. I mean, they say I the same. They say the same thing about Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then once he got clean, I mean, a couple months later, he died in the car, the plane, or I'm sorry, the helicopter accident. But uh, was it a plane accident? I don't remember. I don't know. I can I, Google it. Okay, uh, but either way, uh, you know, a lot of people say you know it's him on drugs. Was the better guitar player, right? Helicopter. Helicopter. See, I, I thought I was right. You were. Um. So yeah, HBK Shawn Michaels, number two. I think I, I am ranking in this order. I think Ric Flair is better than HBK, but H, it's so close. Um, number two, I'm gonna have to go with Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, and I think that's purely because, as much as I love The Rock, I think The Rock disappeared at a good time for him to increase his career and keep doing what he's doing, and doing now becoming this blockbuster icon that he is. Whereas the reason Stone Cold had to leave is because of injuries. And let's be fair, he also had an alcohol problem as well at the time, but um, the fact that he had to leave because of that, there was nobody better at him at the top of his game. The way he could just spit at you on that mic and just oh, go yeah. to town. He had the crowd at the palm of his hand. I think it's funny he said he had a, he had a drinking problem because can you watch it like the end of every match and drink about 14, 15 beers? <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, I know everybody says, you know, oh, I don't think he really was drinking, but I'm like, dude, I get a lot of it went down the front of his shirt and everything, <laughs> but that man drank some beers in the ring. But a lot didn't. <laughs> um, and finally, number four, I'm going to have to go with Dusty Rhodes. Um, Fair enough. And I think that's purely because I don't think there's anyone smarter than him out there. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, I that's mean, fair. It's fair. I mean, when you think about some of the greatest rivalries of all time, Flair versus uh, Dusty Rhodes is always going to be up there. 
I mean, yes, uh, Ricky Steamboat is like the perfect face to a Ric Flair's heel, but there's something about the all-American dream, or the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. He was a son of a plumber, or pipe fitter, I don't remember what it was anymore, but, I mean, he was this, it looked like he was this completely out-of-shape guy who could do long matches and do some crazy stuff. But also now that when you learn that, uh, you know, he helped the performance center now to become what it is today for the WWE yeah. and all these people that um, grew up and went through there and are in the WWE now, and they'll talk about, oh, there's nobody I could appreciate more than uh, talking and be able to do all my promos and everything if it wasn't for Dusty Rhodes. So, so you put him on there basically uh, mainly for his influence. Uh, yeah. On the company, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. That's good. I think Cena was the um, probably maybe the generation under us. Yeah, probably. probably yeah. Um, he's like the link to to wrestling for them. Like yeah. To entertain sports entertainment or whatever Vince calls it. Yeah, of course. Um, he was like he got them into it. He is. I mean. Well, if I can get an interview with a friend, we had an original guest lined up for the show, and unfortunately, had to work. And it's really hard, because I'm saying, we're recording this at like 11.25 my time, 12.25 your time, we're almost done here. And we had a guest lined up for the show, and it would have been 2 o'clock his time, because this man is, is from Australia. And I thought, let's bring in the guy from the country we're actually doing the pay-per-view from this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, he, was able to, he wasn't able to get out of work today, so... If I can get him this week to do maybe just a spot interview, whether I throw it into this show or just make it like a nice little clip that I can throw out for the listeners of it, a nice little interview where he got attached to wrestling, where he fell in love with it and what his influences were, I'll make sure I'll add it uh, if I can get it for you guys. I really hope I can. He was really wanting to record. He just couldn't get out of work today. It'd be really cool to hear um, his perspective. I mean, there was the, the pay-per-view was in his country, Number yep. one, but his perspective just kind of on, you know, uh, sports entertainment um, in general. You know, yes. just kind of how his, because his, he's, he's a little bit younger, right? Yeah, I think he's 19, maybe 18. Okay, yeah, so it'd be really cool to see what his thoughts are on kind of the state of, of wrestling anyway. Yeah, so I'm hoping I can get Link. Uh, I hope I can get Link in here and uh, we'll see what we can do. So I guess that leads to the point of the show where I ask my dear friend Clark. What's been grinding your gears? Well, before we get to that, so this is the spot where if you're advertising with us, you could name, this is the whatever grinding your gear segment, right? So the, mm -hmm. like the shame company um, grinding your gear segment. So this, think about this that. segment has been brought to you by Spotify. What's been grinding your gears? There we go. <laughs> um, really, the Triple H thing really, the, today has been kind of grinding my okay. gears. I, I like Triple H. As a matter of fact, I think that if you watch any WrestleMania, he has the most epic entrances of all time. Um, but, of course, he has control of that, so he can do whatever he wants. Yes. Um, and, of course, he, he one time came out to um, to go back to another one of our podcasts, to, like, the Terminators with him. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of nuts. But uh, I, just, I just think that he's going to become like a Vince McMahon where he doesn't know when to step away. Yeah. Uh, so kind of get out of the way and let, again, he's instrumental in the, um, the, um, the Florida wrestling and, um, yeah. NXT. NXT. Yeah. And I think we can do he, just a episode on NXT alone. 
I think it'll yes. be a much shorter episode. Sorry, guys, sure. for how long this is. But, I mean, it's only been around for a couple of years, but it's amazing the talent that they brought in and have brought into WWE now. So I just think that, um, I don't know, Triple H needs to needs to step out of the way. Because when he's around, it seems like it's all about him. And if you read anything about the, the way he treats people, the way he does his business, it's just um, not... not not the best. Um, yeah, so. I get that. I, 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 totally I was just do. thinking about that with the Undertaker thing. I was like, just, just why? Yeah. Why do you want to do that? You want to do? You want to beat him on in front of people? Cool. You, all you can do is write that down and do it. It's pretty easy. It's not like you accomplished anything. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done. No, What's grinding your gears? Uh, kind of the same concept. What grinds my gears is they like to do these live events where they have to get large crowds. So in order to get large crowds, you go to large stadiums like Dallas Stadium in, uh, in Texas. You go to um, the large stadium that they did in Miami for WrestleMania, stuff like that. This one in Melbourne, Australia was in a cricket field, which is ginormous stadium, which if you're putting the ring in the middle of that stadium, the bigger the stadium, the longer the entrance ramp is. And I am sorry, when I am watching some people, like a champions per se, walk down the entrance ramp and then they have to actually turn off their music because we're like, oh my god, our music doesn't go this long. They have to just <laughs> stop it. I'm like, okay, that kind of sucks. But also, yeah. The Undertaker has already has the longest entrance of all time that slow, drawn-out walk and everything. But when you have the longest walkway of all time, and I'm sitting there going like, holy crap, he's been walking for two minutes. And we haven't even got to the part where he takes his hat off. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I was, it was insane because one of, the, one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time was actually Undertaker versus Edge when Undertaker still was going. And... Um, at that time, it was one of the longest entrance ramps I had ever seen. And the idea was the ref had been knocked out, so another ref has to appear. And Edge puts down The Undertaker and has him pinned. And then you see, I think it's uh, the wrestler Robinson. I think it's uh, Charles Robinson. And he starts running down that ramp. And you're like... Oh, go, 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 faster, faster. And you realize he's still running. It's like 30 seconds before he can get to the ring. You're like, oh, my God. I'm like, this, you should not have that long of a ramp. And I said that back in 2008. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that they haven't learned from that 10 years later and they still have the longest ramps, I'm like, oh, God, this needs to stop. That's been grinding my gears. All they got to do is build the stage out farther. Right? Have like I've, a, like a, I've seen them like do it. But at the yeah. same time, now you're taking away from the view of some of the people that they could have seats for. I guess. That's their problem. That's a good one, man. I, yeah. grind, that grinds my gears, too, now. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, I guess this part, uh, this, you know, takes us to the show, part of the show where I say, for all the new listeners... I am so sorry we talked about wrestling for so long, but you listened to a wrestling episode. I'm sorry. Um, for all the people that are listening to us that are wrestling fans, please give us some feedback. 
tell us what you want to talk about. Maybe you want to be on a future WWF episode, WCW, NXT, maybe an ECW episode. We're not sure yet. Um, seriously, just come to us and talk about it. If you just want to do an entire episode on just Hulk Hogan alone, dude, the movies we can talk about. Oh my gosh, yeah. You did Hulk Hogan, there's so much there. I mean, then you get to his the reality show. Oh I my mean, there's God. so much, man. Oh my God. His kids. Yep. So if anybody wants to be a part of that moment for us and talk to us, please, like I said in the beginning of the show and our little uh, teaser walking into it, uh, if you want to email the show, gettingoldpod at gmail.com. You want to find us at our website, gettingoldpod.com, where you can find all our previous episodes, where you can subscribe to us. If you subscribe to us, it helps us grow and helps us get advertisements for the show where we can get better equipment so Clark doesn't have to talk on an iPhone headset all night. I know, right? It's, but that's coming anyway. We're fixing that <laughs> next week anyway. This yeah. should be the last episode where you hear me sounding like but. Yeah, that's the goal. Hopefully uh, by uh, Friday to Saturday night we'll be recording a new episode on a brand new mic for Clark. There we go. Um, any final thoughts, Clark? I just want to say at this point I usually tell everyone like not to look for me and I'm going to have to stop that because at this point you probably probably can find me at any, any time. Um, I've said the last podcast but I'm usually a behind the scenes kind of guy and can't be that way here. So, I do have um, social media: J Frederick Clark, um, Fred and Rick. There's no E in the middle for Frederick. J Frederick Clark, which is also my pin name. If you want to find my book, it's um, the kids' book on um, on Amazon. Uh, J Frederick Clark is my pin name. So that's right. Do that, please, please, please uh, uh, subscribe. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. You just get the email saying. Like, hey, the new podcast was released yeah, today. That, that's literally uh, it. And all you have yep. to do to subscribe is you go to the website, you scroll down to the bottom of the page. Where it says subscribe, you put in an email, you go to your email, you verify it, it's done. That's all you got to do. And then, like Clark said, you get a notification that an episode has been uploaded. That's and it. Joe, do you have any final words? Uh, all I have to say is this is getting old. <laughs>